most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? <laughs> You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh, my goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. I am your host, Samantha Braviti, and I am joined, as always, by the one and only Mike Triplett, a longtime Saints beat reporter who you can find on the Twitter machine at Mike Triplett. So, Mike, how are you doing? Doing pretty well. Yeah, I'm covering a team that's really struggling right now, but, uh, um, uh, you know, it, this NFL crowd, season <laughs> makes you think this NFL thinks season makes you think just wait two weeks and everything will change. So That's so true. Right. I mean, think about how we went into the season and the bills started out super strong and now there's question marks, man. I don't know if it's just because Josh Allen isn't healthy, but I mean, their defense looked pretty exploitable too. So that that's one thing that I think we all have our eyes on right now. Yeah. Come to think of it, maybe we should rush out maybe the top advice today should be like bet heavy on washington tonight on monday night football because it's 2022 and no team is supposed to be as consistent as the eagles have been <laughs> i totally yeah and i mean like on that note it, it the colts fired their head coach we've got jeff saturday in there he is one and oh okay we've got maddie ice back which was a very surprising development though i'm not really sure why he was benched in the first place to be quite honest so i mean i guess this is good for the pass catchers any takeaways from the colts game yeah without question yeah you're right to point that out as the most 2022 (laughs) moment of 2022 um yeah, look, I mean, uh, my understanding from from people I had talked to and and the reporting I had seen done was that that the move away from Matt Ryan was was sort of Ursay driven, um, and obviously the move to Jeff Saturday was Ursay driven. So I, I'm a little surprised that it played out that way. But it is hilarious that they they bring in the coach who supposedly had no experience, and the first thing he does is he's like, "Wait a minute, you're starting this guy ahead of Matt Ryan." <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Um, and, and it is good for the, the most positive uh, fantasy take. Well, first of all, the most positive fantasy takeaway is they hired a center to be their head coach. And uh, lo and behold, Jonathan Taylor's running for almost I was just gonna say yards that he's again. Unlocked. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I think this brings Paris Campbell back into play because mm-hmm. uh, I remember, I think he was on this list the very first week that they turned to Ellinger. And I was really skeptical because I thought, a lot of the product of what made Paris Campbell so successful was that Matt Ryan gets rid of the ball quick and gets rid of the ball often. And he was leading the exactly. NFL in, in, I think, pass attempts and completions before they sent him to the bench. So when Matt Ryan took that role over again, Paris Campbell got a lot of volume again. So I, I think that makes him viable once again, too. Well, the Colts are shaking things up and it happened to work out for them. The Panthers are coming off of their third win of the season and they are now shaking things up only due to the fact that PJ Walker has a high ankle sprain expected to miss some time. And now we've got Baker Mayfield maybe started again. I mean, the whole quarterback situation has just been like this all season. We may see Sam Darnold soon. Any takeaways from that? Yeah, I mean, not tremendous other than I keep sticking with DJ Moore and I was so disappointed that even on a day when Carolina uh, 
got their offense going on Thursday night um, that, that it was every receiver, but DJ Moore. Uh, oh, yeah. It's going to be hard to count upsetting. on anything. There. Also Kyle Pitts. I mean, he's, he's a ghost again. So it's uh, both of those teams are extremely unpredictable and very frustrating. Like Cordero Patterson, you think in a game that is supposed to be a hurricane game that all the yeah. running backs would be useful. And then Cordero Patterson gets absolutely no action. He was actually on Twitter apologizing to fantasy managers. And we were like, no, we've got beef with Arthur, Arthur Smith, not you. <laughs> well, look, but- I, I need your advice here. So, okay. I need your advice because I still have Kyle Pitts in two leagues and I hate the tight end position so much. And I hate it more than ever this week because Last week, I felt really good about Greg Dulcich and Kate Otten and uh, Evan Ingram. And I thought maybe Robert Tunyon was the only guy Aaron Rodgers trust. And if I had switched from Kyle Pitts to any of those guys, it would have been the wrong move. Um, staying with Kyle Pitts is the wrong move. But it should I mean, should should I just do it? This Especially it's in my my biggest league where I'm doing really well, except for Kyle Pitts is just an anchor on my team. Like, should I just keep the blinders on and say, there's no tight end that's going to have any more than two good weeks outside of the top five guys anyway, just stick with Kyle Pitts? Or or should we be chasing these guys every week and trying to figure out whose turn it is? I mean, it's one of those things that I think we just got to wait until someone maybe somewhat distinguishes themselves. But to your point, Greg Dulcich, we thought that was the guy. And I mean, I don't know if we're going to get another, like, say, Kenneth Walker or Justin Fields type waiver wire caliber guy that's going to just explode like that from the tight end position. But it's not unheard of and uh, and I think is a type of guy that I would still keep my eye on for sure especially with the injuries that are going on in Tampa Bay so uh right now I would say probably you have to stick with Kyle Pitts but I yeah I know it's not an attractive prospect uh in terms of other things that are happening around the league we've got Odell Beckham still hasn't signed anywhere and uh, Deshaun Watson back at practice for the Cleveland Browns. So I think that's something that should be back on people's radar. Uh, He is expected to return for the Browns week 13 matchup against the Texans. So I think that'll be a huge upgrade for any of the pass catchers. I know we're going to talk about guys like Donovan Peoples-Jones and Harrison Bryant maybe later. So that'll be a nice boost for them. Any insight on uh, the Odell Beckham situation? Is anyone really close? No, I mean... (laughs) It, it sure. See, I thought I would have thought it would have happened by now uh, after after. Yeah, I mean, Jay Glazer reported, uh, you know, he's going to be fully cleared as of last week. And we know teams are interested and the Cowboys uh, were openly talking about adding him. So uh, um, I don't know exactly what will lead to it. But I mean, it's hard to imagine he comes back and he gets involved heavily enough to have fantasy implications. It's probably more likely that he gets warmed up in in time to help somebody in the actual NFL playoffs. But uh, Mm -hmm. I'm intrigued. That's for sure. I'm definitely intrigued too. And uh, we did have a slew of injuries this week. So the last couple of weeks have been kind of quiet, but unfortunately this was a pretty big week for a number of fantasy relevant guys. Uh, Cooper cup has an ankle injury. He exited the game. Sounds bad. According to Sean McVay, I don't have a concrete update yet, but this is his second ankle injury of the year. Leonard Fournette left the game with a hip injury late though. So it's not clear if that was just like a timing sort of thing. Zach Ertz is expected to miss multiple weeks with a knee injury. They say the ACL is intact, but I mean, 
assume he's out for the rest of the fantasy regular season. I think um, Jerry Judy has an ankle injury. It seemed serious at first. I don't know. Like it, it was kind of, it was kind of scary, but it looks like it could be a muscle strain. So that's definitely good news. Uh, any takeaways from those injuries, Mike? Well, well, one thing that, that stood out to me this weekend, a couple of the games that I was paying close attention to, obviously in the NFC South, um, TJ Watt comes back from injury for Pittsburgh and really That's was huge, a, yeah. a menace against the saints. Now the saints are not a great example because their offense has, has flatlined and they were missing three of their starting offensive linemen in this game, but TJ Watt really made a difference in that game. And Akeem Hicks comes back for, for Tampa and, and their run defense kind of comes back to life. Uh, um, you know, against Seattle. So uh, every once in a while, I, I guess it's a good reminder to, to pay attention to the, the state of the defense um, when, when you're going against certain teams, because I, all of a sudden I'm going to, I'm going to take notice when a running back's going against Pittsburgh the rest of the year, because uh, it looks like they're a little bit back to what they used to look like when, Oh, by the way, they have the NFL's defensive player of the year back in there. Uh, yeah, that absolutely makes a difference. And that is a good point. And sometimes teams that look really bad out of the gate, like C- Seattle, for example, looked pretty bad, even Arizona, some other other teams look pretty bad defensively, especially against the pass, and they've looked a lot stronger of late. So I think that that's something to keep an eye on, because sometimes we form those opinions a little too early and guys can get healthy and things can really change. So on to waivers, uh, we've got the Ravens, Bengals, Patriots, and Jets returning from bias. So I think it's always a good practice to check if any of those guys were dropped. Sometimes you just have to drop a guy on a bye because that's just the reality. Um, so check out those guys. And then we've got the Jaguars, Dolphins, Seahawks, and Bucks going on by in week 11. So you're going to need to find replacements for guys like ETN, Tua, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Uh, Raheem Moster, uh, Geno Smith, if you've been starting him, DK Metcalf, uh, Kenneth Walker, Tom Brady, all the, all the Bucks receivers, Richard White, who's, who's, uh, emerging. So let's just start with the quarterback position. Um, I will give you my top ad and then I'll ask you yours. So I'm going to kick it off with Marcus Mariota. Um, that is going to be my top ad for the week, which should give you a uh, <laughs> glimpse into how lean it is at the quarterback position. Like a couple weeks in a row, we've had a good guy like Daniel Jones was a good ad last week and he was under 50% rostered. And, you know, in the previous weeks we were talking about Justin Fields and now he's absolutely insane. So uh, Marcus Mariota, I think is the best you can do of this waiver wire crew, at least for this week. He did manage to have a nice day against the Panthers in the Thursday night football game. No one asked for uh, completed a 19 of a season high 30 attempts. So that's, that's, it's not the most powerful (laughs) passing attack but he is the qb12 heading into monday night football they won't get to play the panthers every week but uh they do get the uh they they do have a super nice schedule coming up against a number of below average pass defenses starting with chicago they're definitely a team that you want to stream against so i think that he will be a fringe qb1 and you know a viable streamer for guys that have tua or brady or smith or lawrence well, when you mentioned, yeah, when you mentioned Daniel Jones and Justin Fields, and obviously we're not going to find a Justin <laughs> Fields in this list, but you know, the ability to run the ball, uh, you know, just time and time again, it, it delivers <laughs> for when you're, when that's, that should be the tiebreaker when you're looking at this level of quarterback and fantasy, Definitely. because you know, you're getting those floor points, but I like Ron and Tannehill on this list. Um, 
you know, the Titans offense has obviously disappeared in recent weeks, especially when they had Malik Willis. And then he comes back when he wasn't hundred percent all week and doesn't do a lot, but that was against a Broncos defense. That is as yeah. sad as the Broncos offense has been this year. The Broncos defense has been sort of a fantasy eraser. So uh, it's the Packers next week, but maybe he'll have to, to play, you know, catch up or keep up with the Packers. But I think Ryan Tannehill stands out as, as a better quarterback than some of the other ones on this list. Uh, once he gets his health back. Yeah. I mean, oh, and not, I will also mention, um, since I cover the Saints, we don't know yet. They haven't made an announcement, but now that Andy Dalton's been struggling, I think it could be any week now that Jameis Winston gets named the Saints starter again. Now their offense is in a little bit of demise right now. So I don't know if Jameis Winston shows up and he's not 100% healthy. So I don't know how good he'll be right away. But that could be somebody that you stash on your bench if 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 you think you know if you have like a week a bye week coming up in a couple of weeks or or if you you know have just been going through this cycle and he's somebody else that gives you a chance to hit. Uh, I bet he's starting games before the end of November, if not this week. Good, good insider info. I need someone to bring Chris Olave out of this mini slump that he's been in. He could so. help do that. Yeah, for sure. That would be super welcome to see. Just a couple other guys I think worth mentioning. We talked about Deshaun Watson. He's 37% rostered. So if you have a team that you can afford a bench spot because you can't you can't put him on IR if, if he's suspended. But um, if you think that you're going to the playoffs, I, I think that he's definitely a guy that will return at least top 12 numbers. So he'll definitely be someone that would be worth adding. Kenny Pickett too, in the vein of those guys with the rushing upside, he did rush eight times for 51 yards and a touchdown this week. So uh, it wasn't a super strong week for the quarterbacks, but he is the QB 11 with one game left to play. Uh, does get the Bengals next week. So that's not the best, best matchup, but some good ones on the horizon too. Anyone else you want to mention? No, I think we've probably exhausted the uh, <laughs> Baker, Baker Mayfield. Mayfield. There you go. Baker <laughs> Mayfield. Uh, he's, he's a warm body. <laughs> yes. Now on to Sleeper. Sleeper is the fastest growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. I use it for mine. It is a game-changing product unlike anything else in the industry. And now you could win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. It's super simple. First, in any sport, choose two or more players that you like and pick the over-under. For example, rushing yards in football or number of points in basketball. Then choose the amount of money you want to enter into the contest. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times to over 20 times the money you put in. The main reason I'm excited about over-under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my friends' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my group's picks with the tap of a button, along with over-under integrated into the fantasy experience itself. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper right now to play their new over-under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money. On your mobile phone, join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash action and Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to $100. Again, go to sleeper.com slash action and you will get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. 
All right, well, on to the running back position. I'm going to give you maybe two of my top guys because it falls off after a cliff there, and then I want to hear yours. My first one is going to be Gus Edwards. So he didn't play this week, but did drop below 50% rostered. So I think he's worth looking at. He did miss week nine with the hamstring injury he had suffered in the prior week. Uh, In his season debut, coming back from that torn ACL of 16 rushes for 66 yards and two touchdowns was the RB8 and half PPR. Now, Kenyon Drake has stepped up with Edwards out. But I think when both are healthy, both things things being equal, you know, I think that he is the guy and he is supposed to come back uh, after this this week's bye. So I think that that'll be an interesting sort of add, especially with the Panthers up on deck, whose defense ranks 23rd in rush DVOA and have allowed the third most fantasy points to running backs this year. So Gus Bus would be a nice look. And then Rashad White, the only reason that I don't list him as the number one is that he does have a bye next week but if you can afford to add him you definitely should add Rashad White assuming he's out there in your leagues he's out there in about uh 55% of leagues uh he was the Buccaneers lead rusher in the in in the game 22 rushes for 105 yards by far the best of his very short career while Leonard Fournette was held to 14 carries for 57 yards and a touchdown so Fournette ended up with the better fantasy day but you know obviously looking at usage stats is a little bit more telling towards future success he's definitely been trending upwards so uh, after the bye too he gets the Browns defense which is going to be a super fun game I think for the running backs there uh, who are your type of top ads Mike yes yeah, so you can play both of them uh, well <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean part, part of that usage obviously was Leonard Fournette getting hurt and leaving early mm-hmm. in that game and I did see a report that um, the, the the early returns are positive on Leonard Fournette that okay. he should be back after the bye uh, but yeah, I mean, Rashad White has been trending up in, in his usage regardless. I think there's room for both of them to be usable, I guess, especially against a team like the Browns, as you said. So um, he'd be on my team for sure, especially, I mean, there's a small percentage chance he just wins that job outright. But but obviously, if Fournette gets hurt at all, then then he becomes somebody that would be the empty your fab budget for guys. So you can get out ahead of that during his bye week. Um, and then Isaiah Pacheco is another one that, um, we heard a few weeks ago that that Kansas City had sort of named him the starter and it didn't really show up in the usage because he was still splitting time with Clyde Edwards Hilaire. But uh, as of yesterday, I, like I looked to see if Clyde Edwards Hilaire got hurt in that game and he didn't. He's on he was an just, ice flow, man. Like he was completely. <laughs> he was absent. gone. Yeah. yeah. And so you cannot look. And, and I asked around about this one because. You know, we talked about earlier this year how rookie running backs, rookie receivers, sometimes it just takes them a while to get going. And this could be mm-hmm. a takeoff point for, for Isaiah Pacheco, obviously on a on a monster offense there in Kansas City. And I was met with some, you know, tepid, uh, you know, like some, you know, be hesitant because it is still an Andy Reid offense with running backs and the usage can change from week to week. And Jarek McKinnon is actually still the one that they play the most and trust the most and who's in there on third downs and, and used in the passing game. But there is no question that Pacheco has passed up Edwards Hilaire as, as the guy they start with. And then when they're, when a game script like this, where they get to protect a lead, um, mm-hmm. they, they trust Pacheco to do that now. So he is, he has definitely surpassed Edwards Hilaire there. Um, Jalen Warren, I think we've mentioned his name alongside Rashad white as somebody in a very similar situation, the number two behind Najee Harris, but who's getting a ton of work right now. Um, and they both had a good game against the saints. And when the Steelers ran for over 200 yards, so I'd put him sort of in that, in that Rashad white category as well. 
Definitely. Yeah. In terms of Pacheco, I mean, Clyde Edwards Elair saw four snaps in that whole game to Pacheco's 35 and McKinnon's 24. So I know we talked about Pacheco at least in a criticism way, being a bit of a, a game script dependent type back that they have to be up. But, you know, this team will probably be leading in a lot yeah. of games. I mean, I, I think that's it, the defense makes the games a little bit closer than they should be, but certainly uh, a guy that I would definitely look at even for next week, because they've got the chargers whose defense has allowed the second most fantasy points to running backs this year. And they rank fourth worst in rush DBOA. So I think that could be a really good matchup. I mean, but to your point, it's difficult to trust any of these guys, um, yeah. but I don't know what Clyde, Clyde Edwards Elary has done. I mean, it was like four games that were awesome. And then he just completely yeah. dropped off the map. So I have no confidence in him moving forward. Any do, other guys? Oh, yeah. Sorry, I do want to circle back to Gus Edwards though, because sometimes I'm guilty of staying away from these murky situations, like exactly like we're talking about with Kansas city. Um, but I think there is an outside chance that Gus Edwards, like, he's, he's been their guy. So whenever mm -hmm. healthy uh, and when he came back a couple of weeks ago, before he got dinged up again, he was getting a huge chunk of the workload. The only person standing in his way right now is Kenyon Drake. And even though Kenyon Drake had a really good game on Monday night before the bye, we know they're willing to toss Kenyon Drake aside and have him, you know, just go back to being a guy who doesn't really play. So like uh, this, this brings to mind what happened with James Connor in Arizona. Like uh, I kept James Connor on the bench in a really deep league. Cause I was like, Oh, when he comes back now, he'll be split in time with Eno Benjamin and you know, everything they're done there. And he didn't, mm -hmm. he came back and he got 21 carries. It, I think that's a possible outcome for Gus Edwards. He could come out of the bye and just go right back to being almost an every down back for them. So I think it's worth a flyer on him because he's one of the few uh, guys on this list that could actually end up getting a number one level workload. I definitely agree there. And then in terms of other guys, it's more murky situations. It's the Broncos backfield, which is oh, to me, a generally stay away. Stay away. <laughs> I wrote in my article this week in a hypothetical world where I would want to roster a Broncos running back. It's going to be Melvin Gordon. Latavius Murray is out there though, in about three quarters of leagues. I mean, he had definitely some value this week and Chase Edmonds just looks like he's, he's not going to be utilized too, too much. So if you need a guy, if you need a warm body, they've got the Raiders on deck next week. So I think, uh, you know, that should be at least a nice matchup for the Broncos. Um, the Rams situation. I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of guys there. It's Kyron Williams. It's Cam Akers. Ugh whatever stay, that's another <laughs> stay away and i'll tell you what I, I bet next week we're talking about naheem Hines on this list i bet he falls oh. below 50 percent after he hasn't carved out a role in buffalo yeah. even though they traded for him so uh um uh it's gonna be a you know welcome to the murky stay away running back situation that has overtaken at least a third of the league yes uh i, I think that sean kerner refers to it as the frozen pond of running backs. <laughs> so you don't feel comfortable starting any of these guys, but on to wide receivers. I will say this is probably the deepest position yeah. of the waiver wire group this week. Uh, I think headlining the group in anyone's waiver wire columns this week is going to be Christian Watson. Oh man, three touchdowns out of basically nowhere. I mean, it, I get it. Romeo Dobbs is out and they've just got a whole bunch of injuries. Randall Cobb's out for the season, I think. And then Alan Lazard was pretty unremarkable in this game. And it's interesting to see because uh, it, 
Aaron Rodgers maybe has a little bit of a reputation of maybe not trusting some of the youngest guys, like needing to build up that rapport. And it looks like, I mean, at least from that game that uh, okay. he did. And uh, it was against a, a very top ranked Cowboys pass defense. So I think, you know, the defense did fall apart a little bit in that game, but it's still worth mentioning for sure. And then my second guy that I want to mention is DeAndre Carter. He, I mean, we've been mentioning him a lot, but he was the de facto number two, once again, with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams out. Uh, that could be the case for the rest of the year. I mean, Mike Williams has the high ankle sprain and Keenan Allen has played two games this year, hasn't practiced since October Such 21st. a weird situation, yeah. I know. I don't know why they don't just like put him on IR. It's just like a really frustrating situation for fantasy, but uh, Josh Palmer was the number one, at least in terms of targets, but Carter ended up with the better day, currently the wide receiver 15 and half PPR. So uh, he's got a nice three-game stretch here, Chiefs, Cardinals, and Raiders. I think he could definitely flirt with wide receiver three numbers, especially too if Gerald Everett is also banged up. I mean, they've got very few guys that are healthy there, and it seems like uh, it seems like Justin Herbert seems to really trust Carter. Uh, who are your top ads for this week? Well, yeah, I mean, Christian Watson is, is my top ad for the entire week at any position because mm-hmm. there, there's just – do I trust him? Not, not one <laughs> iota whatsoever. I do not trust anything happening with the, the green Bay receiving game I, that, you know, my, my desire to add him has nothing to do with uh, thinking he's locked into anything, but we know what a great opportunity he has there in green Bay. Cause they're so desperate for anyone to rely on. So they're going to keep going back to him. And the two things that held him back were injuries and he's healthy mm-hmm. for now and drop passes. And I do believe drop passes is something that the guys can get over. I mean, it's kind of how I yeah. feel about fumbling too. I don't think that that's Dude, ever were we permanent. talking about Jamar chase, like that, like, yeah, uh, like exactly. that last year that they were saying something about like, he couldn't adjust to the size of the football. And, and I was like, <laughs> how did that turn out for Jamar chase? I don't remember. Yeah. yeah it was pretty good for him. <laughs> yeah. So I'm adding him. I mean, I'm of course I like what I saw from, from Deandre Carter and, and as long as Allen and Williams are out, he should be a pickup, but uh, you know, at some point that could get really crowded, uh, especially since I still like Josh Palmer there. Darius Slayton every week. I picked up Wandale Robinson with a lot of enthusiasm a few weeks ago because yep. there was very much like Green Bay. That was a situation where they're just begging for someone to step up and be their guy. And it looked like it might be Wandale Robinson. And Darius Slayton has stolen all of the thunder there. Um, so the the moment I pick him up, that's when it'll change, I'm sure. But it's it's hard to deny how consistently he's become um, a producer uh, for for the Giants and put him in the same category as Donovan Peoples Jones in Cleveland. And and you know you've mentioned Sean Watson coming back a couple of times. That can only probably help uh, the pass catchers in Cleveland. So uh, I'd be interested in him. Um, we mentioned Paris Campbell earlier. As long as Matt Ryan's the quarterback, I think you could expect some volume there. And, and I'll add Jarvis Landry to the list because uh, he's back now after missing, uh, I think it was five weeks with a, a lingering ankle injury. He didn't produce a lot in Pittsburgh, but that was sort of the get back and get back up to speed game. And I think he's going to go right back to being the number two receiver in, uh, in New Orleans if they ever get their passing attack going. 
too. That's good to hear. They definitely need some healthy pass catchers. Uh, in terms of Darius Slayton, yeah, I did add him in a bunch of places, but I haven't had the courage to start yeah. him yet. And I know once I start him, he'll will be a, <laughs> he will be a dud. But uh, right now, I mean, it's tempting this week. He's got the Lions, uh, 26th ranked pass DVOA. Oh, so the, the final record. score will be 38 to 34. <laughs> so he'll get, he'll get a piece of that, right? Exactly. I mean, I don't know that the Giants are even capable of putting up 34 <laughs> points, but sure. Uh, you know, one can hope for at least fantasy purposes. Uh, DPJ, definitely someone to put on the radar because he targeted Amari Cooper nine to three last game. So, I mean, that could have just been a fluke, but to your point with Deshaun Watson coming back, he's definitely a guy that could be worth stashing as like a wide receiver three potentially down the road. Um, Odell Beckham, we talked about him. I mean, it's a, it's a very speculative ad. Like someone asked me last week, should I spend my number one waiver claim on Odell Beckham? And my answer was no. And he did not get added anywhere. So, um, I mean, if you have space, sure, but I just don't know what you expect. I mean, he only tore his ACL and, uh, February, which was in the Super Bowl. So it, it, it would be kind of a, a tight turnaround for him, I think, um, to just be, you know, the Odell yeah. Beckham that's catching Justin Jefferson like passes at this point. Um, but yeah, uh, on to uh, the last position, which oh, is tight ends. Tight ends. I know, I know. We all put our trust in Greg Dulcich and Evan Ingram the week before and Tyler Conklin the week before that. Like it's always just one guy and they're kind of one hit wonders. Uh, I don't know where to start. I, I, there's no one that really, really stands out to me. I would say Isaiah likely is a name to keep an eye on if it looks like Mark Andrews is going to miss another game. Uh, Rashad Bateman's out for the season. Uh, so I think that he will be at least a fringe tight end one against the Panthers. I know he only caught one pass, but it was one pass for a touchdown in week nine. So that was nice to see. Uh, Mike, tell me about Juwan Johnson. Yeah. Do we trust him? Yeah, look, I I have to give him a little more credit than I've been giving him. I, I was worried about how crowded the Saints tight end situation mm -hmm. is because Taysom Hill occasionally gets used as a tight end. Adam Troutman is now back healthy and he's gotten some red zone targets this year. Um, and Jawan Johnson in those games where he's put up the the two touchdowns and the bigger numbers, it's been when they're in hurry up mode and he's part of their like five wide two minute drill offense. Um, and that's where most of his numbers have come, but he got sort of a traditional um, touchdown in the, you know, standard running offense. And he led the team in targets and catches in this game. So I think he is really, you know, genuinely earning a bigger role. Now, I don't know if that will separate him amongst the Dulcich, Otten, you know, likely group, but he, he definitely belongs in it. These aren't empty numbers anymore. This is also a, a consistent role that he's earned in this offense. Well, that's good to hear. And maybe uh, James Winston can spark a little bit of life back into this offense and make Juwan Johnson a little bit more attractive of these guys. A couple other names I will just throw out there. Foster Moreau, 16% rostered. He finally did deliver with Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro out three of four targets for 43 yards and a touchdown that was his first touchdown since week 11 in 2021 best fantasy performance in over a year. So it's not like there's a lot of consistency there. And more, but to be clear, like Waller hasn't been healthy for, for weeks now. So uh, I will say he's got the Seahawks, not this week, but the week after, and they have allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends this year. So he could be at least worth streaming there. And then Harrison Bryant, a little bit of signs of life there. 
best game of the year. And we've talked about Deshaun Watson now a few times here coming back. So he could be at least a deep league ad. Any other names? Uh, well, it, although the warning is, I think is David Njoku probably possibly back as soon as this week. Cause I know he was right up until game day as, or at least Friday of last week as hope that he might come back. So we got to make sure oh, yeah. and pay attention to that. Render uh, him completely useless. If David well, Njoku was knows? on the field. Yeah. So. Who knows? Because then once you go back to David Njoku, <laughs> <laughs> then it'll be the Harrison Bryant show. Um, yeah, I agree with you on not giving up on Kate Otten. If, if his quiet performance uh, made people back away from him, I, I still like uh, the fact that Tom Brady has trusted him in some big situations. Mm-hmm. I think he's worked into an offense that it definitely is finding his finding its way right now. And I still think Noah fan is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was watching that game since it was the early game uh, live and he almost had a touchdown that he had like double gripped the ball and, uh, um, and they called it out of bounds because uh, he hadn't completed the catch before his second foot stepped out of bounds. But if, if he had four catches for 50 yards and a touchdown, we'd be talking about him in a much different light than just three yeah. catches for 34 yards. So no fan has kind of consistently been a part uh, of an offense that loves to throw the balls. Well, thank you for bearing with me and scraping the bottom of the barrel for these (laughs) tight ends. I know it's not the sexiest position, but we've got to do it for the people out there. That will do it for this week's of episode of the Fantasy Flex. Mike, can you remind everyone where to find your work these days? Yeah. Uh, like you said, you can find everything I'm doing on Twitter at Mike Triplett. And I uh, write for New Orleans.football, uh, the uh, absolute best coverage of, uh, of the Saints you're going to find anywhere. And uh, even though they're dark days, that's when you need to turn to the <laughs> turn to us uh, for some solace uh, more than ever. Awesome. Thank you so much. And otherwise, guys, we will see you next week. Peace out.